You're listening to a recent sermon from a Covenant Church worship experience. For more information, you can visit us online at covenantchurch.us. This message is from part five of our series, The Five Solas, where we are walking through the five different pieces of our doctrine and why they are important today. And now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Travis Davenport. All right. Good morning, right? It's been a good morning so far. Yeah. Well, I just want to share with you guys for a couple minutes just briefly this morning. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 uh, says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. So that whatever there means whatever, right? Whatever you do, whatever it's gonna, you're doing. If you're roller skating, and I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind today. <laughs> but if you are, do it for the glory of God, whatever it is you're doing, right? And so that's gonna be the theme of today. I'm gonna ask if you would just bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. We're gonna jump right in. And Father, we come to you this morning and we are just so thankful for the life change, the evidence of life change, Father. And God, it's one thing to talk about what's going on. It's one thing to, to hope in the things that we believe you're going to do. And to, but, but God, it's another thing altogether when the evidence is all around you. And today we're surrounded by evidence, Lord. We're surrounded by people who've made decisions for you, evidenced by them being raised up out of a tank of water, identifying with you as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for that. Thank you for the evidence. We love you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name. We all said? Amen. Amen. So we're in our final week of our series, The Five Solas. And I have to say, this has been, and I think everybody would agree, this has been the best series this year. Would you agree with that? I mean, by far. I mean, it's just like, I've talked with people and they're like, this is the best series this, this year. And I'm like, I agree, it's just the best, hands down, it's the best. It's the only series we've done this year, but it is by far, I would say, the best one. Now, we've, uh, we, uh, we, we, we've, we've been going through this thing called the five solas. Now, that might be a little, little confusing to you, but we opened up week one with talking about sola scriptura. Let me hear you say sola scriptura. The idea that God's word has authority and is to be the authority, the truth for our life. We talked about the fact that God's word is the inerrant truth, that it is without error. Week two, we discussed sola fide. Say sola fide. Kind of feel good saying these words, right? It makes us feel intelligent, makes us feel good. Sola fide means by faith alone. And we discussed in week two that it's through faith that we come to Jesus and that it's through no doing of our own that we, that we meet Jesus Christ, but it's through faith alone. Week three, we talked about sola gratia. Sola gratia, let me hear you say that. And this is by grace alone. And we opened up this, this idea and, and jumped in and talked about the fact that it's only by the grace of God that we can know Jesus at all. It's only by God's grace that, that we can have the faith to believe in Jesus. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing thing. It's only by God's grace that Jesus even came to this dead world uh, to restore her to, her, to himself. Week, week three, week four, rather, we, uh, we talked about solus Christus. Let me hear you say solus Christus. solus Christus. 
And that's Latin, obviously, for Christ alone. And I would say, man, that's probably my favorite uh, up to this point. Solus Christus. Um, we talked about this idea that, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, plus nothing, right? Remember that equation that we had last week? It was Christ plus nothing equals everything. That's a good equation. But I have to say, I believe that, that uh, we may have saved the best for last. Today, our last installment in this five solas, this is the fifth Sunday, uh, because today we're going to talk about soli deo gloria. Kind of a long one here, but let me hear you say, actually, just turn to your neighbor and uh, just give him a high five and say, soli deo gloria. Soli deo gloria. Now, if you're not a Latin major, Latin, in Latin, this actually means, this actually means glory to God alone. Glory to God alone. And it simply means this. All glory is due to God and God alone. All glory. Not some glory, not most glory, but all the glories. All of them. All glory is due to God and God alone. And I truly believe that that's a fair statement, don't you? You believe that's a fair statement to say that all glory belongs to God? I do. I think it's fair because God has done all the work. And so if you're the one who's done all the work, I think that you receive all the glory. That's kind of like how I felt in seventh grade, at least, when I was doing my science project, and I got coupled up with somebody who did not help me build my volcano, right? And I, and I was more than happy to do my share but I did all the work, and so when it came to me turning in my project, I wanted all the glory, right? And, and I think it's a fair thing for God to demand all the glory. God gives us the faith. God gives us the grace. And you say, well, I'm the one who prayed. God gave you those lips. God gave you that breath. God gave you that mind. It's only by God's grace that he sent his son to die for us and offer us forgiveness, justification, and salvation to begin with. And of course, I believe that all the five solas are huge in terms of our worldview. We like to talk about worldview an awful lot, right? I don't want to just get you hyped up and then leave and be like, oh, I don't really know. I feel good when I'm there, but I don't know what I believe. We want to make sure that you understand and have a proper theological and biblically sound worldview. And so the five solas are really impactful in our worldview, but I think somehow this one, Soli Deo Gloria, I think is literally the most life-changing one of all the five. I really do. I really, truly do. And I say that because it changes everything. All glory belonging to God changes everything, or at least it should change everything. It should change how you, in the least, view everything. In fact, I would say that today a good understanding, a proper understanding of Soli Deo Gloria should, should actually lay out a brand new framework for your life. So I don't know that you're necessarily gonna walk away from today with, with three or four applicable points, but I do hope that you walk away this morning with maybe a brand new framework for how you do your life for the rest of your life. That you walk away from this series, and especially today, Soli Deo Gloria, with a lens through which you see life, everything that happens to you, everything that doesn't happen to you, everything that you're a part of, every circumstance, every situation, from now to the end of your life here on earth and into eternity, that you see life differently. 
Did I, did I, did I say it big enough? Was that big enough? Did I add enough there? Yeah. Right. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria. It is a complete game changer. You know what I mean by game changer, right? In fact, just show of hands, how many of us have ever experienced a game changer? Anybody here? Yeah. Where, where you walk into a situation with, with one like uh, view and then you exit the situation because of the situation with a completely different standpoint, viewpoint, whatever. Right? We've had those? I've had a couple through my life. I would say the first one was when, and I'm going to get all sappy here for you. Um, the first one was when we had our first boy, Noah, our first child. And that was almost 10 years ago now. And, and you think you know what it's going to be like to be a dad. You think you know what it's going to be like to hold your kid, right? I mean, you've watched enough Hallmark movies about it. You've, you've, you've got enough cards. You've heard enough songs. And, but then the moment happens, and the doctor comes over, and this is insane, by the way. It is insane that anybody gave me a child and said, no, just, just take them home, just, just go. <laughs> what? In that moment that you, you, you hold this child, it's an amazing moment. It's a life-changing game changer. I remember when me and my wife were pregnant, which, by the way, I use that term loosely, because I really didn't have too much to do. I had a little bit to do with it, but not much. She did most of the work, I would say. Not all glory to her, but I'm just saying, like, she did most of the legwork on that project. Um, that's a game changer. It is. Soli Deo Gloria, an understanding of this is also a game changer, because glory to God alone forces us to filter everything we say Everything we do, everything we don't say, everything we don't do through the lens of God's glory. Now, I want to give you some scripture on this. Open up to Romans chapter 11. You can open up your Bibles. You can turn on your Bibles. You can listen if you're on our podcast, or you can just simply look up on the screen. And Paul, the author of Romans, he writes this, starting in verse 33. And this is a doxology. It's considered a doxology. It's a moment where you've written some pretty heavy, intense stuff, and then you just have to pause and just reflect. That's what this is. Verse 33, Paul says this, and get this now, the way it reads like a song. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable are his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given him a gift that he might be repaid? And here's where he pushes hard. He says, for from him and through him and to him, read this with me, are all things. To him be glory forever. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Now, does it say from him and to him are some things? No. Does it say most things? No. It says all things. Now, here's what you have to understand. Now, this is really important. If you're taking notes, write this down. Um, you learn this in seminary, and uh, it's something that I just really want to make sure we get. When Scripture, don't miss this now, okay? When Scripture says all things, it means all things. That was deep, right? I'm just saying, like, it means what it says. And don't miss that. 
Because scripture is truth, sola scriptura. So when it says all things, it means all things. Now, we say amen, and we celebrate this verse, and we're like, yes, and I love that, but I have to ask, do we fully understand the implications of this verse? Do we fully understand what it means that from him and through him and to him are all things, and he is deserving of all the glory forever? Do we really understand that? No, I doubt it. Because if we understood what this truly meant, if we understood what Paul was truly getting at, I believe that our mentality, our total mentality, would be different. It seems to be this ideology that's risen up today, especially in church culture, where many people truly believe that God exists for us. You know what I mean? Like God exists for us. And what I mean by that is many people believe that God exists for the happiness of man. So if we say the right things, if we do the right things, if we have more faith, if we give more money, if we give more time, then God is pleased and grants us happiness. He grants us health. He grants us, he grants us basically our, our wishes, to be honest. But what Paul is teaching here not only contradicts that, but it stands in complete opposition to it. Because what Paul is teaching here is that God does not exist for the happiness of man, but rather man exists for the glory of God. Let me just say that one more time, because that one hurts. God does not exist for the happiness of man, but rather man exists for the glory of God. Now let me just clarify what that means a little bit. Because you have to understand that God cares more about you than you could ever care about yourself. And that's a lot. For some of you, that's a whole lot. You really care about yourself, right? I know I do. God loves you more than you could ever love yourself. And God has given you more than you could ever give to yourself. God has given for you more than you could ever give for yourself. But God's highest priority in this world is not you. God's world doesn't revolve around you. God's world revolves around God. And that's a very important point. God's highest value, you could say it like this, God's highest value is God. It's all about him. It's always been about him. It's always going to be about him. And you're like, well, that doesn't sit well with me at all. <laughs> if you talk like that, welcome from England. We're glad you're here. But... And we can wrestle with that. But listen, God is supreme. He is above all things, and Paul makes it clear and says all things are due him. He has glory. He is due the glory forever and ever. In fact, listen to God speak of himself in Isaiah 42, 8. I love when God talks about himself. Kind of uh, puts things in perspective. Isaiah 42, 8, God says this. I am the Lord, that is my name. Okay? By the way, how many of you are thankful for a God who knows who he is? You know, we don't have to wonder if God is like in heaven having this existential crisis, like, who am I? What, what am I? You know, like, what's, what's going on? He doesn't wonder who he is. He knows who he is. Hey, I'm God. That's my name. I am the Lord. 
He goes on to say this, this, my glory I give to no other. You could also use the word share right here. God's saying, I share my glory with no other, nor my praise to carved idols. He goes on in Isaiah 46, 9 to say this, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Let me just say this. In these passages, and many more like it, you have to understand, God is not giving himself a pep talk. Okay? You know what I mean? God is not like looking in the mirror at the beginning of a tough day and be like, you're the man. You are the man. You are God. You're God. Who's God? You're God. Who's God? You're God. Who's God? You're God. No. God is not doing that. In these passages, God is not reminding himself that he is God. God is reminding us that he is God. Because when we recognize that he is God, we also realize something very specific. We are not. There's only one spot for God. There's only one place for God. And no one else can make this claim but God. And you say, well, I don't, I don't feel like I like that. Okay, okay, okay. No one else spoke and made light spring forth. That was God and God alone. No one else created the sun and the moon and, and the galaxy simply by opening their mouth. That was God and God alone. No one else picked up a handful of dirt and, and breathed life and created mankind. That was God and God alone. No one else is outside of time and space. That is God and God alone. No one else can do what God can do, and that's what makes God God and you not. And it's important for us to recognize our place. We, something we used to say back in the days, know your role. Remember that? The most demeaning, worst thing you can tell somebody. But it's awesome when you knock somebody over in football and you're like, know your role, son. It's just so, I mean, it like makes me feel good now. Like it just feels so good. Now, listen, you don't even have to open your Bible to get this. I might seem kind of crazy, but you don't. You don't even have to open your Bible to get this. In fact, many of you here today might, might say to yourself, well, I don't think I could. I don't, I don't think I could begin with the Bible. I don't really know much about it. I don't know if it's trustworthy. I don't even know where who wrote it or how it got put together. And so for you, I would say, okay, fair point, fair enough. So starting point for you then would be this. Walk outside and look up. Starting point. Tonight, walk outside and look up. And here's what's going to happen. Tonight sometime, you're going to remember my face. Right here. And you're going to walk outside, and you're like, man, that pastor, that's, that, that guy down front, I remember he said, walk outside and look up. And you're going to do it. It's going to be cheesy, but you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Now, why do I say that? Because the heavens will declare the greatness of God. God is able to speak through not only his word, but through nature. The scripture tells us that. It says the heavens declare the glory of God. And you cannot, you cannot dismiss that the, when you look up and see the stars or the, the sun or the, the heavens, that there is this incredible, immersive, creative 
process that is going on all around us. And it doesn't take a theologian to figure, out, figure it out. It doesn't take a pastor to tell you that God is huge. God is enormous. That he is bigger than our comprehension. That, that he is bigger than our ability to even understand. And that everything that is happening all around us is happening because of him and for him. It is all under the jurisdiction of God. Understand that. All glory is due God. Now, let me ask you. If God's highest priority is himself and his glory, then what should that tell us about our highest priority? If God's highest priority is is his own glory, how should that inform our highest priority. Simply put, if God's highest priority is his glory as God, then that should be our highest priority as well. Soli Deo Gloria. All glory due to God and God alone. And listen, this is why it's a game changer. This right here. This is why. So don't miss this. This is what makes this such a game changer. This is why it's such a framework shaping worldview. Because if all glory is due to God alone, then everything I have, everything I don't have, everything I do, everything I don't do, and everything in between should be used to bring glory to God. Everything. This is why 1 Corinthians 10.31 says that whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now listen to me, this affects all of us. This means if I am sick, I am going to use that to bring glory to God, not curse him. That means if I am wealthy, I am going to use that to bring glory to God. If I am poor, AKA if I'm in college, I am going to use that to bring glory to God. God, every single thing. If I'm a parent, I'm going to train up my children to bring glory to God and God alone. And, and, and this is more important than anything else that I could ever show them. Now we say, okay, we say yes, but we haven't quite understood the framework. Here's the framework. All glory to God supersedes everything else. Everything. All glory to God. It supersedes anything and everything. Case in point, I am, I'm a pastor. That's a big deal for me. But I am not a pastor first. My highest priority is to bring God glory. Being a pastor is a vehicle in which I carry that out. You understand me? I'm a husband, I'm a father. But those cannot be my highest priority. Let's get real. My highest priority must be to bring God glory through these positions. Your highest priority is not being a business owner. Your highest priority is is to bring God glory. Your highest priority isn't to have an awesome job. It's to bring glory to God. Your highest priority isn't to be successful. Your highest priority is that in every season, in every up, in every down, in health, in sickness, in wealth, in poverty, in all things, all glory is due to God and God alone. It is a worldview-changing, framework-shaping, life-changing message. Soli Deo Gloria. We exist for God 
and God alone. Do we get it all the time? No. Sometimes I don't know why the most faithful people I know get cancer. Sometimes I don't know why some of the worst people I know have everything. I don't get that. It doesn't seem fair, but it's not up for me to decide. Is God. And everything is under his jurisdiction. In fact, when I was little, we used to sing this song. You know where I'm going, right? He's got the whole world in his, right? And then you go like, he's got the itty bitty fishies, right? Too far. Went too deep. <laughs> Went too deep in that Christian kid. That's too much. Yeah. But it's true. God literally has the whole world in his hands, and all glory is due to him. Now get this, get this. Even though God has the whole world in his hands, even though God is massive, even though all glory is due to him, even though God does not owe us a thing, God came to us. Why, you say? Because we couldn't get to God. See, sin entered into our world and it created a rift between a perfect and holy God and a sinful man. And now this chasm stood between God and man. And God recognized the fact that we could never get to him. So what did God do? God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die. Now, there's a lot of good people who could die for people, but there's only one person, the Son of God, who could die for all mankind. That's Jesus Christ. And so we talk about this faith, and we talk about this grace, and we talk about the Bible, and we talk about Jesus, and we talk about all glory being due to God. But listen to me this morning. If you miss the gospel, you have missed it all. The gospel is simply this. Because we could not get to God, God came to us. You say, what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to start this thing? Believe that. That's it. Scripture says, believe in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Not that you might be saved, not that you could be saved, but that you will be saved. And in just a moment, you're gonna walk out of here and you're gonna go on with your day and you're gonna grab lunch with friends. You're gonna do whatever it is you're gonna do. But listen, is there something here today that is tugging at your heart? Something that's different? Come on. I say this is a game changer for you. I say that this is your life changing moment. I say that today is the day that you meet Jesus. I say that today is the day that you walked in with brokenness. I say that today is the day that you walked in with guilt. Today is the day that you walked in feeling like trash because of how late you were out last night and what you did. But today you meet Jesus. Today you meet Jesus. And today Jesus takes that sin. Today Jesus takes your pain, the guilt, whatever happened to you when you were a student, a teenager, whatever you did yesterday, and he says it doesn't matter anymore. Give it to me. I forgive you. You're made whole. I love you. That's grace. And it takes faith. Scripture tells us that Jesus died for us. And he rose again so that he could take away our sins. 
friend, that's a love that you need. That's a thing you cannot pass up. That's a relationship that you have to have. You have the opportunity to have a relationship with the God of the universe. There is nothing more glorifying to God than seeing somebody come to Him. Thank you for listening to this message from our series, The Five Solas, at Covenant Church. We hope you've been impacted by what you've heard today. Visit us online at covenantchurch.us for more information and to listen to more impactful sermon audios just like this.